You are listening to the All County All Stars podcast, a show featuring franchise success stories in property management. Thinking about starting your own business and considering property management? Hear how our franchisees have partnered with All County to overcome obstacles and open flourishing franchises across the United States. Welcome to the All County All Stars podcast. And this is your host, Tanya Salseth. I am super excited today to bring you Rob Ayers. Is that how you pronounce your last That's name? That's it. Good okay. morning, everyone. Woo. I got it right. Okay, good. And Rob has a fantastic story. I'm actually really excited for you guys to hear about it because, I mean, it's one of those things that happens maybe once in your lifetime and determines what you do as a person and a business owner. And we are talking about launching a property management franchise literally the day COVID hit. And that is what Rob Ayers is going to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks, Tyne. I'm glad to be here. And where are you based out of, by the way? We are based out of Austin, Texas. Okay. And what were you doing prior to opening up an all-county franchise? Prior to opening up this business, I was in hotel management. I went to Michigan State for hospitality business, which was a combination of hotel studies and business studies. Uh, And I spent about 12 years um, bouncing around to different locations, East Coast, West Coast, and Central Texas, uh, managing luxury properties for Fairmont and for um, Kimpton Hotels. Uh, And it was eventually that I just said, hey, I'm done working for other people and I'd like to do this for myself and uh, and got into the property management world. Awesome. So you decide one day I want to work for myself. What made you choose like what made you choose a franchise? Why not just go into business on your own? Sure. And I really can't tell my story without talking a little bit about my family. It really is my why for everything. So um the backstory is when we moved to Austin, uh, my wife started up her own wedding uh, wedding management business, uh, and she was about three years into that uh, when when we uh, when I left my my hotel career to start that. Um, and she's really the inspiration to me. I, I figured if she can start a business, then I can start a business. So, uh, and my kids, I have two, but at the time I had only one. She was one year old, uh, and I. Yeah, and it was uh, her first birthday was actually the day that I really that drove the nail in the coffin for me as far as corporate world is concerned. Uh, my boss called me on on her birthday. I was at her birthday party. It was a Sunday mm. uh, and said that there was an emergency at work and I had to go to work. And um, I got there and found out it wasn't a real emergency. Uh, but I said, hey, I'm, I'm not letting that happen again. I'm not getting called out of my daughter's birthday party to go deal with someone else's emergency. So that was really uh, what put the, the nail in the coffin. I decided to go with a franchise because uh, I did have a fairly lucrative career uh, and replacing my income uh, was a huge hit to us financially. Uh, And I knew that day one, I was going to have zero income and I needed to scale quickly. Uh, It it wasn't something where I could kind of figure it out over the course of the next few years. I needed to replace my personal salary uh, within one year. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I, I leaned on the franchise because I didn't have the time to learn it all myself. I had to, to work with people that, that were masters of the trade and could get me up and running as quickly as possible. And so when you were doing your due diligence, right? Like um, clearly you, you saw the path forward and like, okay, a franchise is it, they can get me up and running very quickly. What made you decide on property management? I decided on property management for a couple of reasons. Um, again, going back to my family, um, when I was in the hotel career, I was uh, we were working with a financial planner on how I was going to have uh, my daughter's college tuition paid for. And 
we had kind of worked out that, well, maybe we had enough money to pay for her college, probably, if we get a 3% raise every year, so on and so forth. Um, and I said, well, maybe isn't really good enough. And also, what about my next kid? I'm, I'm eventually going to have another kid, so what's the plan? So at the time, I was working on acquiring a rental property, uh, which would be her college fund. And it would be just, we'll collect rent on this property for 18 years, and then we'll sell it off, and that'll pay for her college. And as I was going through that process, I thought to myself, well, if I can get one of those, I can probably get two of those, right? I can just refinance it a little bit and, and work it out. And and then if I can get two, there's probably a way I could leverage that into like a fourplex or something like that. Uh, and, and eventually you start to realize that you could just scale it all the way up. But uh, so the, the concept of uh, real estate investing and, um, and owning rental properties kind of started a bug in my head. And then when I decided to start my own business, I said, I, let's do something adjacent to that. Uh, really between that and the residual income stream, the, the fact that we know how much money is coming in every single month uh, is what made me think this business model is really what, what, I, what fit with what I needed. A hundred percent. I mean, that is something that attracted me as well, because like you said, you can see like what you're going to make every month. And I think that's really unusual because a lot of businesses, I mean, it's heavily dependent on sales and it's a one-off process where, you know, let's say you're selling kitchen and bath renovations. I mean, how often do people do a kitchen and bath renovation, right? It's not like they're a repeat client, but a lot of these investment owners, I mean, they will never live in this property and you could be managing it for years. I mean, years. And the, the residual income stream, recurring stream of revenue is really fantastic. So, and, and also I, I feel like um, owners are not calling you on a Sunday at your daughter's birthday party saying, hey, come in here and do this thing to my property, right? No, no, they're not. Um, and and I, I made some mistakes in the beginning. Some people got my cell phone that should not have gotten my cell phone. So oh dear. that's a, a pro tip for anyone out there. Um, <laughs> from the beginning, do not give out your cell phone number. Uh, it's very tempting to to want to provide amazing, uh, you know, amazing service. Sure. Service. Not um, on a Sunday, though. Not during your daughter's birthday party. No, you know. and if you get a call at 9 p.m. on a Friday from a tenant that says the blinds are broken, um, that's enough. Oh, no. To... <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no. You're like, I'm changing enough. my number at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so so you decide on property management. How did you choose All County? I mean, there's a, there's a couple franchises out there, right? What made you pick All County? It, it took months of, of going through different franchises. And, and I talked to some that are much, much larger mm -hmm. than All County. Uh, and one of them, I remember the the um, the franchise or the the recruiter. Uh, I asked him, "Do you own a franchise?" And and he said, "Oh no, no, no. I I tried to, but he's the sales it, guy. It, mm -hmm. it turned out to be too expensive." <laughs> so, oh, wait a second. What? It turned out to be too expensive. So his franchise, uh, if if the salesperson says it's too expensive for him to do it, then um, that's not a yeah. Me. No, that's not really reassuring, is it? Meanwhile, I, I won't name names, but um, I talked to one of the recruiters for uh, All County, and um, he actually is involved in multiple franchise locations. So uh, that was kind of a you, you put your money where your mouth is. And if you say this is this is the right franchise, you better be able to prove that you actually do. Can, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, that was a big draw for me as well, because, you know, like you said, the recruiting person actually is a franchise owner, right? Just like as the host of this podcast, I'm also a franchise owner. And like, we all share information with each other. We help each other out. And it was really great having somebody with real world business experience, because even before I started, you know, that path that you went on, um, I had some questions. I said, oh, well, should I 
put my franchise in a real estate office. And they had some really great insights that I just got for free before I even, you know, started. And because they knew what they were talking about, they had done it before. Absolutely. They've mm -hmm. seen it all. They've done it all. So let's go back to you pick the franchise, you pick all county, you're really excited, you're gonna start your franchise, and then what happens next? <laughs> bum, That's bum, the fun bum. part. <laughs> That's the fun part, Tanya. Um, so we opened doors February 28th of 2020, and the headlines, if you guys can just picture yourself sitting on the couch in the morning uh, on, on March 1st, I'm ready to go to my brand new office and the headlines are, we need to shut this whole thing down for two weeks. Everyone uh. quarantine at home in two weeks. We got to shut the spread of COVID uh, and then we can go back to, to work. And as we all know, uh, the two weeks did not work out the way that it was supposed no, to. No, everybody thought it was only two weeks. And we're like, yeah, this is not a really a thing. And then it just dragged on. What it, What were you thinking at that time? Were you thinking that, oh, it was only going to be two weeks and then I'm just going to get back to business and, and that's it? I didn't. I never believed in the two weeks thing. And, and I'm sure everyone looking back on it will say they never believed in the two weeks thing. But at the time, your mindset was not really, how is this? how long is this going to work out for? Or, or, or it was more, how does business work in this new reality? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they're saying only essential people can go out of their homes. And I said, am I essential? I don't know if I'm essential. They didn't have a, a definition. And the Austin board of realtors was sending out emails saying, Oh, we're lobbying right now to try to get us labeled as, as essential, uh, essential workers. Uh, and no one even knew what's the what's the penalty. I mean, if you're if you're a non-essential worker and you go out on the street, are you going to get pulled over by a cop? And how are they going to prove it? that too? I mean, like it's not like you're like oh here's my piece of paper that says I'm. It's so it's so weird, right? It was a very weird time. Right. So I made the decision that I was essential, and, and <laughs> what I decided was that it is essential for my kids to eat. That's what I decided. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I, I went to work and um, at the time, uh, again, this was day one and we had um, zero clients. Yeah, so zero properties, I, nothing, nothing. And at this point, are, you're not working, right, in your hotel management job anymore. You like completely quit and burned the, burned the boats and didn't look back, right? I, I burned the boats and didn't look back. I, um, the, people said, oh, it's gonna take you, you know, two or three months to get your, uh, your real estate license. I, I quit at the end of November. Um, I had my real estate license uh, by the beginning of January. Um, I, I mean, we just had- You were on done. fire. You were like ready to work for yourself. I, I did not believe in doing things halfway. I said, I'm going to jump into this thing 100%. So, I mean, you know, rented out the office um, because a, a legitimate property management business has an office. I wanted mm -hmm. to make sure people knew I was a legitimate business. I'm not working out of my garage. Um, I, I, um, hired an employee. Uh, I, I had, I'm interviewing people and they're saying, Oh, your property management business. How many, how many doors do you manage? Zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and that, that employee for the first two weeks of COVID, I did tell her to stay home. Um, because again, we weren't sure whether we were essential yeah, what, or not. But what was going on? Knew. Nobody knew. Right. Nobody knew. So. And um, at this, at this point too, cause your wife has a like a wedding business Every and single that event. is hugely impacted by COVID too. So here you are, you know, with a family to support COVID hits, you've got zero properties and her business is probably heavily impacted by this. What was going through your mind at that point? Um, you know, it's funny because 
leading into that question, you would think the answer is is fear. Um, I don't know if I just was never born with that that fear instinct, <laughs> but my my reaction to it was, I gotta work harder. I I gotta I gotta get out there. I gotta get this done. There is Love no it. option for failure. Love it. You can't do it. No, so, amazing. So so how do you go from zero properties to how many do you have today? Well, today we have um, we just signed a new deal that's going to take us over four hundred. Wow! Amazing! Congratulations on all that growth. Thank you, and we are working on closing the acquisition of another property management business in the Austin area, which has about five hundred and fifty. So we <gasps> anticipate being over a thousand um, by the spring. In three years, that is an amazing trajectory. Um, so. Take us back to the days when you had zero. How did you get from zero to your first sort of milestone, like when you actually broke even and were making money? So one of the things that All County does is they they have a uh, marketing plan, and and it is a I don't know how many steps, but we'll call it two dozen, just for uh, just to throw a number out there. Uh, and and basically, when you have zero properties and the phone is not ringing and you don't have any tenants that you're you have to deal with and you don't have any vendors that you have to check up on. The only thing you have to do is is marketing. So I will get business. That. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. We go go through that marketing plan. You start at the top. You work your way to the bottom. And when you get to the bottom, you go back up to the top. <laughs> uh, and so what did you do? What is this? You know, not to give give all the secrets away, but I mean, what did that marketing plan look like? So the the marketing plan has a whole bunch of activities on it, and some of it is is actual marketing where you're kind of getting your information out into the world, and some of it is direct sales where once you get a lead, you got to close that lead. There's all kinds of different marketing activities that are out there. Um, we do email blasts, we do um, mail campaigns. I would send out four thousand uh, letters every month. And the reason why it was 4,000 is because that's the maximum that you can download off the MLS as far as searching for rental uh, properties. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, we did cold calls. We did cold calls to realtors. We did cold calls to uh, for rent by owner. We did uh, breakfast meetings with, um, well, some of those things we couldn't do in the beginning. We, we do breakfast meetings with brokerages now, but in the beginning uh, with COVID, you couldn't sit down and do breakfast with people. So you had to find other ways of connecting with people. Um, we called uh, we called uh, listings that were expiring. Uh, we, we spoke to those agents. I ran classes. We did Zoom classes on rental property management, specifically with Keller Williams, uh, where we would, uh, we would teach their agents about property management and why they need a professional property manager, not just a, a realtor to, um, to manage property. Uh, and then we did all kinds of other activities as far as just looking for for rent by owner signs. Um, and it's you and, and one other employee at this point, right? I mean, that seems like a lot of work. So at what point does business start coming in for you? Because it seems like you you went in there from day one saying, I'm all in. Like, I'm going to do all the things that they, they tell me to do, right? Because all county does have a plan. And if you follow it, I mean, clearly you had success with it, right? Because you're, you're at 400 and maybe a thousand properties by, by the end of 2023, it sounds like. So, um, and but that's the mentality that I took to it is that, that I, I had bet on this property management franchise and I said, I, I need to follow the plan. Mm -hmm. I, I bet on it. Why would I bet on it and then go diverge from the plan? That doesn't make any sense. And some of it I didn't like to do. Um, the, Tell the, us about um, that a little. Yeah. So, uh, you know, paid listings, 
Paid listings will, um, if you can buy leads off of something like Thumbtack or allpropertymanagement.com and those leads might come in late at night and in the beginning, you got to pick up the phone and call them. You want to yeah. be the first person whenever to they come them. in. Yep. Mm -hmm. Whenever they come in, and and um, unfortunately, right now, I'm I'm not doing that as much um, because at this point, you know, as as I mentioned, closing in on a thousand properties, we've got other things that we're working on. But one of my projects right now is hiring a salesperson that will be doing those, uh, you know, 9 p.m. on a Friday calls. Mm -hmm. uh, so you don't necessarily like to do that. The cold calls, nobody likes cold calls, and I don't do them anymore. But, you know, Sandy specifically uh, pushed me on those cold calls in the beginning. You know, every week I'd be on the phone with her and I'd say, Sandy, I gotta have more leads. I gotta have more leads. She said, did you do the cold calls? I said, well, I don't like the cold calls. She said, you have to do the cold calls. I love Sandy. <laughs> She's always She's like, asked. have you done this? And you're like, well, I know I need to do it, but uh, I kind of, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and she, she'll give. She is your biggest supporter, but she she doesn't mince her words, and she'll say, "Hey, I, I told you what you have to do. You're telling me you want more leads, but you haven't done what I told you to do. Get out there and, and do it." And the cold calls is not really as uh, you know a, a productive, a, an extremely productive way of getting new business. But what it is is it, it helps you hone your sales. It, it yeah. helps you be able helps to you hone your sales pitch. That's right. Mm -hmm. So then, when a real valuable lead comes in. You don't blow it on the mistakes that you made during your cold calls. I, I mean, I get yelled at on, on, you know, I call someone up and I say, hey, we're, we're looking for realtors to partner with. Would you be interested in partnering with a property management company? And they'd say, don't you know who I am? I have a property management company. And that's, oh, okay, excuse well, me. No, no offense. <laughs> excuse no offense. Me. <laughs> I told that story to Scott and he said, which, which company was it? <laughs> and I told him what the company was. He picked up the phone and he called him. We're sitting there in the Love car it. together. He calls him and he says, yes, I understand you have a property management company. They said, they said, yes, we do. He says, I'd like to buy it, please. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. But it's just an example of, you know, you don't back down from things like no, that. You just when, push when, through. Mm -hmm. You got to keep pushing through. And it was the same mentality when COVID struck is this is an obstacle to overcome, but we, we just push through it. You got to keep going. And for those of you who are not as familiar with All County as Rob and I are, Sandy and Scott are the founders of the franchise. And one of the things that I think is really great about All County is that you have access to them and they've got decades of experience in property management. They have actually done it themselves. And like I'm on a weekly call with Sandy talking about things in my business that, you know, she is helping with similar to what Rob is saying about she said he needed to make the calls and you get access to people like this through partnering with a franchise. Right. So. Um, so Rob, take us back to you're at zero properties, you're doing all the marketing. At what point does it start to get traction? Because you know, a lot of people, they come and they're like, I want to quit my job and I want to make, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars, like in a month. <laughs> is that, is that very realistic? And like, how long does it actually take for things to start working a month, two months, three months, six months? I mean, I know it depends on how hard you're willing to work. And it sounded like you worked pretty hard. So when did it start all gelling for you? It, it was parabolic growth. It was uh, in the beginning, and I, I had a chart up that was this is this is working or this is not working. I had a goal set of 100 properties uh, in the first year, and I said, you know, if I don't hit 60 properties, then we're in trouble. This isn't working. Um, and of course, I, I did manage to get to 120 odd properties in the first year. But the way that I did that was I got probably probably 25 properties in the first uh, six months and then the remaining 95 in the next six months. So parabolic growth. 
and and the way that that works is really your your marketing machine is a snowball. Is it, you're not going to get 120 properties off of in month one 120 mm -mm. cold calls. Nope. So, but you will get 120 properties off of those 4,000 mailers. Well, those 4,000 mailers in, in month one, when you send that out, now 4,000 people have a letter with your name on it. In month two, you send out another 4,000. Well, now 8,000 people have a letter with your name on it. And sure, only 1% of them are picking up the phone and calling you. But in February, you're getting calls from the people that you sent mailers to in January. And in July, you're still getting calls from those people you sent letters to in January, but also the people in February and March and April and so on. So it, it really builds over time. Furthermore, I, I always tell new franchisees this, properties make more properties. If you, if you can get 123 Main Street, then your sign is now in the yard and people are driving by it. I am sending out neighbor letters to all the neighborhood neighbors around there that say, hey, we're the new property for 123 Main Street. Let me know if we can help you. And we've gotten people that say, oh yeah, um, I, I need a property manager. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. and if you're like already proof of concept. Yep. Yeah. It's great. So so now 123 Main Street is, is a marketing tool for you that it's getting you the neighbors, it's getting you the people driving by, it's getting you the realtors that are showing their, their clients your property. Mm -hmm. um, and then what happens when 123 Main Street, you place a great tenant in there and it's cash flowing and Mr. Owner calls you up and says, this is going great. I want to buy another one. Yes. Well, uh -huh. There you go. Now you're buying more. So um, so it's it, properties build properties. And the result is that in month one, I didn't sign any properties. In month two, I think I did one. In month three, it was, I think, seven. Uh, and, and it escalates. Snowballs, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's beautiful to watch the growth happen once it actually kicks in. So you mentioned earlier that you chose property management because you thought, I will buy a rental property for my daughter's college to basically offset that expense, right? Did you buy that property? I I now have two. I, I have two rental properties, one for my daughter, one for my son. Um, the way that we did that, one of them was a um, was our primary residence. We just moved out of it. We'd, we'd owned it for five years at that point. So it, it cash flowed nicely. The mortgage is far less on it than the, the rental rate. Uh, and the second one was a, um, a Burr project. For those of you who are familiar with that strategy, um, we got it for 120,000 uh, under asking because it had significant foundation repair issues. But we've got a great foundation company that we have a relationship with and they got us a great price on it. Our vendors got us a great price on the make ready for it also. Uh, so we were able to uh, put a little bit of work into that property. That foundation repair has a lifetime guarantee. I plan to never ever sell the property. It's about break even today. But again, this is for my son's college tuition. I don't need it to break even for another 17 years. Um, so that's where we're at with the rental portfolios. It's only two right now. But I, again, when I talk about following the plan with All County and, and betting on All County and doing exactly what All County said to do, you have to believe in real estate investment as a profitable vehicle for building wealth. If you're going to be in this, you're talking to real estate investors. You better be able to walk the walk too. And you're positioning yourself with this business in a beautiful way to to expand your own portfolio. Because first of all, you've got your license. So every time you can buy a property for 10% down, you're getting a 3% commission on it. So you're only putting 7% down. 
Um, sometimes the owners sell and the, the owner tries to sell a property and you say, hey, I placed the tenant. I know the tenant's history. I've inspected the property. I know it's in good condition. You say, hey, you know, Mr. Owner, um, you could save yourself some commission and some expense by just selling it directly to me. You don't even have to pay for an inspector because I've already got the inspections on it. So um, you've positioned yourself that way. You've positioned yourself to have great relationships with vendors. And you've got the knowledge, and the knowledge is the most important thing. If you manage a thousand properties in Austin, then you know the different neighborhoods. You know the ones that are, are, are going to be profitable investment properties that are going to increase in value and increase in rent over the next five, ten years. And you know the ones that are duds. And I think that's something that um, is really important to highlight in the sense of like, you aren't just buying a property management franchise, you are buying into a network of basically investments, right? Like uh, we're, we're technically asset managers in a way, if you want to use sort of like Wall Street stock terms, because real estate is very expensive and you are managing a person's asset. And there is a lot of money to be made doing that when you do it well. And so, you know, to your point, Rob, you know, we've got a lot of investors and owners that sometimes for one reason or another want to sell and you have access to those deals before anybody else does. And in this economy, the way that it's going and the way that like, you know, cap rates are being compressed, cash flow is being compressed everywhere, where you can have a competitive advantage, think about not just, oh, I'm a business owner and I manage assets for other people, but you really have an opportunity to build wealth in your own right through investment in real estate, which Rob has done and which I've done too. So I think it just gives you access to even more deals that you wouldn't find on MLS, which everybody else has access to. Absolutely. More deals, more knowledge. Um, even your owners are, are a resource to you. I have one owner that, uh, one of my first owners, uh, he's, he's a full-time real estate investor. It's all he does. And he knew I was a young uh, business owner and he took a bet on me. Um, and at a certain point, he started inviting me to conferences. He said, hey, I'm going to this real estate investment conference. I know you're interested in this stuff. Let's, yeah, let's you go should come. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. The relationships you make are really, I think, um, the thing that I enjoy most about the job, right? Because you, you get to meet people. And I mean, just this morning we had tenants that were approved for a property and this is the first time that they have ever lived in a house. They've been in rentals for years and the mother was crying on the phone and saying how grateful she was. And that's the kind of stuff that really makes your day, whether it's like tenants or owners or, you know, investors. I mean, I think there's so many aspects of this business that are really rewarding um, and not just financially. Right. So, so Rob, tell us, you, you get to 100 properties and there's different phases, right, of like a property management um, business and growth. Where are you at now and um, what, what, do you, what do you hope to accomplish? You've, you've done so much in three years. What's next? Uh, well, next is, um, like I said, the acquisition of this, uh, this other business is, is where we're at next for our next step. And it's, I have been told by my wife that this is my last project for the year. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Famous um, last words. Which uh, this is getting recorded uh, uh, on uh, the 13th of January, by the way. So um, we are not quite two weeks into the year and I've already had a moratorium on projects placed on me, if that um, tells you how I, I behave. Uh, but uh, settling this project in is really uh, the, the next uh, step here. We're, we're, um, I've, I've been touring these properties. Uh, you know, we got 550 doors that we, we need to get to know. Uh, this is a significantly heavier commercial side. So focusing on commercial is something that uh, is a major goal for me in 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's different from residential. I mean, it's 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 all the same, but it's completely different at the same time. And sure. uh, so we're dealing with triple net properties now. And um, 
and longer term leases and things like that and and different advertising styles you know we got to get on loop that whatnot we can't just be on the mls and uh it, it is a different style uh however it's a very uh a very good business to be in it's commercial property management um because it's it's a little bit more steady than residential management and it's funny because you know i started my career in hotel management when i compare hotel management to residential property management I always say it's the exact same thing, except I'm doing the cycle every two days for a hotel. The tenants are moving in and moving out, and now it's close to two years in, in the residential side. Well, now looking at the same thing, residential and the commercial, you've got five, seven-year, ten-year leases uh, and businesses that uh, they have an accounting manager cutting a check. You're not worried about did, did the tenant go out and spend his money at the bar last night instead of paying rent because it's an accounting manager writing a check. That's what it is. So. That's one of my goals for 2023. Uh, in talking about how uh, the different freight phases, which is the, the term that you use there, and, and I think it's a great way to look at it. It's really interesting, the difference between day one with zero properties and the way that you your first properties, you, you just claw into them really hard. It's like, I know everything about 123 Main Street. I, I, can, I can tell you the name of the HVAC tech that was there two months ago. Um, but... As you scale, you can't do that. And you have to convert from solely property management into managing a business. Do you have the right employees in place? Do you have the right systems in place? Are the vendors behaving properly? So you're you're really um, transitioning more into an overall management uh, aspect rather than um, the individual property part of property management. So it's an interesting transition and I, I look forward to seeing how it goes uh, in 2023. And it's a big shift for a lot of business owners. And I think actually a lot of small business owners never make that shift. They, they stay in the day-to-day -day grind doing the work and they never get to the point where they can manage um, other people to do the work and they can oversee the business. And it sounds like you're making that transition. Um, how many employees do you have now currently? Uh, well, today we have um, four with one open position, mm -hmm. um, but once we close on the acquisition of this um, of this other business, we'll expand significantly. They've got two full-time property managers, two full-time accounting, and they actually have some uh, maintenance as well. So we're we're starting to bring that into the business, and we'll see how that goes. Whether we want to continue to do that or not, because leading into this, we have not done any in-house maintenance, uh, but. There is something to be said to the fact that our number one GC has about a quarter million dollar worth of receipts for us for uh, 20, yeah for 2022, uh, and that could have been a quarter million dollars worth of all county receipts instead of someone else's receipts. So um, we're we're interested in seeing how that goes. So Rob, for people who are considering a franchise and property management in general, what words of advice would you have for them? Uh, it's an excellent question. I mean, you, you got to know it, if it's the right business for you, you have to be passionate about it. You have to be passionate about real estate investing. You have to have a good, solid why. I would do anything for my kids. Um, and if that means that I will work my tail off for a, a long time to, to get where we need to go, uh, then we'll... Sitting in an office by yourself while a pandemic <laughs> rages, you know, just for example. <laughs> it, it is what it is. That's and, and, and if you have a strong why and a passion for this industry, there is nothing that can hold you back. And to your point earlier, you know, you, you can scale pretty, pretty large. You don't have to. 
Uh, I, I replaced my own revenue. I, I mentioned that I, I had you know my W two income. I replaced that by the end of my first year. Awesome. But and I could have stopped, and I would have had I would have had two employees, and just three three total, and a, a portfolio of 120 properties, and I could have been fine, and the bills would be paid, and life would go on. Uh, but I, that's not where I want to end this story. I, I, I want this to expand, and eventually, eventually, one day, yes, I'd like to step back. I'd like to spend some more time at home. Right now, I'm working five days a week, nine to five. It's less than I was working in hotel management. I, I'm making the same money more at this point, um, and um, and I don't have to work all those hours. And you own the business. This is the big, the big thing. You own it. You make the decisions, right? You decide the direction of the company. You decide how small or how big it gets. Um, and I think, I think you've accomplished everything that you set out for when the day that uh, you decided that you you were not going to work for somebody else anymore. It oh, like. all of that and more. And and it's wonderful to work for yourself for so many reasons. Uh, yesterday, I, I live south of Austin, and yesterday we had to do property tours further south than I was. And it took longer than expected, and so we're getting we're driving back at about two o'clock. And I say, you know what? I'm just not going to go to the office today. I'm just going to stop at my place, and I'm going to work from home for a few hours. And and you've got that freedom. You also have the freedom to run your team the way you want to run it. And when I was managing hotel teams, there's an HR department that says you've got to run it a certain way. Well, I'm not saying run it in a way that an HR team would not approve of. That's not what I'm saying, but run it in a way that help that makes sense for your employees um you know i i picked um my first employee uh was a a godsend i mean i could i would not be anywhere near as large as i am right now without her uh because she's an amazing uh, hard worker well the reason i picked her is because she actually also owns her own business uh and i said she'll understand what a small business is and she'll work hard for it because she's done the same for her business well, what that means is that she's got to go to the store in the morning and open a store. She can't be in the office at 9 a.m. on the dot. She gets here at about 10, 15 in the morning. But I sacrifice that to get the right person in place. And that's something that has paid off amazing dividends for me. She's extremely loyal to the business because I have made the business work for her as much as, um, as, much as I possibly can. And I couldn't have done that in my previous career. It, it, you can't make exceptions just because you like this person and, and what they can provide for the team. Uh, I've done the same thing with um, with an employee that had a school schedule. I said, you know, school is more important than this job. You should you should work this job around your school schedule. Um, it's it's just we, we find ways to make it work for the team and we can manage it in a way that we want. Uh, I, I tell the employees at, at 5 p.m. I say pencils down. I say the, the phones have now transitioned. <laughs> there is nothing in this business that is so important. It cannot wait until tomorrow. You yeah, all you're not have ER doctors. Business. No one's going to die. That's what I always tell yeah. my team too. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll stay late and I'll work. That's fine. But I, as soon as that five o'clock hits, it's they say, oh, let me just finish this email. You can finish this email tomorrow at 9 a.m. Go home. You have quality mm-hmm. of life to worry about. No, that's amazing. And I mean, what a story, Rob, from like zero properties on, you know, in COVID to 2023 and literally approaching almost a thousand units in three years. And you've got staff, you've made a wonderful transition. You've, it sounds like used all of the tools that all County has provided for you. And I mean, congratulations on all your success. Thanks, Dinah. And thanks so much for being on the show.
It's been a pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed hearing this episode of the All County All-Stars podcast. Thanks for giving us a five-star review. For more information on how All County can help you start and grow an amazing business, go to allcountyfranchise.com or call us at 855-245-7368. You're only one phone call away from an opportunity that could change your life.